morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever it happens to be, wherever you are on this lovely little planet we call Earth, you are now tuned in to a new episode of the No Shit InfoSec Podcast, and I'm your host, Robert Campbell. Please be forewarned, this episode may contain strong language, or at least language that you may not consider good. It all depends how you look at it. So, Sit back and get ready to learn something that Evil Steve doesn't want you to know. On the last episode, I talked about two-factor authentication and making sure that you set that up on all of your accounts. Some of you might find it strange that I recommended implementing that before touching your passwords. Um, Granted, in the first episode, I talked about passwords and the fact that you need to change them. However, Two-factor authentication is going to be a big stopgap when stopping someone from trying to get into your account. Even if they do have your username and password, there's still that second layer of authentication that's going to present a barrier. Now, can these be bypassed? Absolutely. Everything can be bypassed. We know this. Which one is best? Yes. Again, it depends on whether or not you want to pay, if you want to use something free, how many platforms it has to be compatible with, and whether or not you and or your family will use this. What does it have to integrate with? These are all things that you're going to have to think about and consider. Now, do I recommend putting passwords and two-factor authentication in the same app? No, no I don't. I don't recommend that at all. So I would highly recommend keeping your passwords and your two-factor authentication separate. Now, um, some of you might be asking, well, what about Google or Apple remembering my passwords? I am not a fan of this. Um, And depending upon what literature you read, some people say, okay, it's secure. Other people, eh, not so much. The key to remember with Google and Apple remembering your password is the key to your kingdom is simply unlocking your device. Your password that you use for your Apple iCloud or for your Google account is solely the key to your kingdom. That's it. You don't have any other backup. There's nothing else. So if you walk away and you leave your phone sitting on the desk and it's unlocked, they have access to literally everything that you have. All they have to do is open up your banking app, Apple automatically fills it in, and then they can transfer your funds to whatever account they want. This, I'm hoping, is not a happy situation for you. Don't do this. Use a separate authenticator app and make sure that it has a PIN so that you have to enter a PIN every single time to open the app. That way, even if you leave your phone laying around and the screen happens to be unlocked, Then they could open the Authenticator app, but there's a pin now blocking it. Any important app on your phone should have a pin lock, and it should not be the same pin as you use to lock your phone. So, two-factor authentication. It's a good thing. Let's use it. Now, let's talk a little bit about your passwords and password managers. Um, I've already thrown out the flaws in using Google and Apple. Um, The flip side is, is they're very easy to use and chances are your family will use them readily. So, is it better than nothing? Yes. So, if you're going to be doing that, here's a few recommendations. 
Uh, first of all, make sure that you have a strong PIN or password to unlock the device. Set the device to timeout. Let the screen lock after three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, and force the re-entry of a PIN to get back in. If you're using biometrics to unlock your device, um, okay, again, do your homework, and it all depends on how comfortable you are with that level of security. Keep in mind, locking your device is important. We've all walked away and left our phone sitting somewhere and then gone back to find it. Um, another thing that I like to point out when it comes to your phone is your lock screen. I always recommend putting a phone number on your lock screen that someone can call if they find your phone. Uh, for example, on my lock screen, it's got the name of my phone and it's got my wife's phone number. Uh, it doesn't do any good to put your phone number on the phone because if they find your phone, they're going to call and the phone in the hand is going to ring. It does you no good. Now, while we tend to focus on security and we focus on the evil Steves of the world, the reality is, is that most people in the world are actually good, decent human beings who try to do the right thing. Chances are, if someone finds your phone, they're going to try and get it back to you. They're going to take it to the lost and found. Or if there's a phone number on the lock screen, then they're going to call that number and try and get the phone back to you. I have found people's phones and I've had to open them and go through their contacts and look for a contact like mom to call and say, okay, we're going to have an awkward conversation here, but I have this phone um, and I'm trying to return it to its owner. Um, I shouldn't be able to do that. However, um, keep in mind, you really don't want people poking around on your phone. I could have just as easy looked through all of his pictures or everything else that was on their phone. Um, we don't want that. We want to make sure that the phone is locked, people aren't digging through what we have. Make it nice and easy for them. Um, also make sure that you're able to track your device. Uh, there's a number of different apps that you can use for tracking your device. I highly recommend that you have one that can not only track your device, but can turn on the ringer. Um, it's happened to me a few times where I've lost my phone like in my couch or under my car seat and it was on silent. Um, it doesn't do any good to call that phone because all it's going to do is sit there and be quiet while the screen flashes. Not too good. Um, use something that will actually turn the volume all the way up so it will ring so you can actually hear it if it happens to be in your couch or under your car seat. Um, also make sure that you're able to remotely wipe the device. Um, if that device is lost and it's out of your control and you know 100% it's not in your couch, it's not under your car, it is gone, it's in somebody else's hands, remote wipe that device. Um, now, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose everything. Okay, you should be backing up stuff. We'll cover that in another episode. I back up all of my stuff, and on a bi-monthly basis, I rem remotely wipe all of my devices. Blam. Wipe them all remotely. That way I make sure that it works. I remember the passwords to get into what I use to locate and track my devices. I make sure that I can call them and that they actually turn on and ring. I make sure that I can actually use the location to find the device. Um, does this take a little bit of work and is it a little bit of time? Yes. Do I feel that it's personally worth it to me? Yes. That is the level of security that I am comfortable with. 
your use case is completely different. However, these are things that you may or may not have thought of, and these are things that your family may or may not be doing. So basic security of not only your accounts, but how you access those accounts. And we tend to be very cavalier about our phones. And the problem is, is you don't carry a phone. You carry a computer that makes phone calls. You haven't carried a phone around for over a decade. Think about it. You're using a computer. You're carrying a computer. It makes phone calls for you. But essentially, it's a computer. Let's treat it like a computer and protect it like a computer. You wouldn't want to leave your laptop sitting around in the middle of the mall completely unlocked. That would be absurd. Well, think of your phone exactly the same way. Now, what I really wanted to talk to you today about was your passwords. I wanted to get back on that and have a little discussion about this. Um, a lot of us tend to use the same username and password on multiple sites because it's easy to remember. Uh, that's great. Well, the problem is, is when you store passwords at a site, we assume that those are going to be protected. However, that's not always the case. And you might even be surprised to learn that some of the sites that you use actually store your passwords in plain text. Uh, which means if someone get access, gets access to that database, then they have complete access to your username and password. It just takes a short little script to run through to see if that is working on any other site. Now, there's a website out there called HaveIBeenPwned.com. That's HaveIBeenPwned.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, this guy has collected um, over 350 databases. These are open databases of hacked passwords from different companies. So all of their username and passwords, they're out there, they're on the web, they're freely available for anyone. So what he does, he combs through all those databases. If your email address was found in one of those database breaches, it will tell you which breach it was, when it was, and that will give you a good indication that you should go change that password, not only on the site where it was breached, but everywhere else you happen to use that username and password combination. Um, you can check all of your emails. You can also check phone numbers. Um, there's a number of sites where you use a phone number to identify yourself as a username. Uh, you might want to check that as well. So anywhere your phone number or your email has been breached, definitely go change the password on the sites that have been involved in the breach and anywhere else that you use that password. So now we have passwords that we know have been exposed. We're going to go and we're going to change them. Here is where I want you to really start thinking about a password manager. This is going to allow you to remember one master passphrase. Once you open the password manager, you can then generate passwords for any other site that you don't have to remember and you can create very strong passwords. It will remember them, it will autofill them, and the good thing is, is a lot of them will tell you, hey, change your password. You can set times um, to when you want to change your password. Say you want to change your password every six months. You can set up your password manager. It will tell you, hey, these passwords are about to expire. Let's go change them. This allows you to have a different password for every site that you use, every app that you use. 
the thing to keep in mind is since you have a single password or passphrase, which I highly recommend, um, you're definitely going to want to keep that secure. Make sure it's something that you can remember and that you don't have to write down. Um, which password manager? That is completely up to you. Again, your use case is yours. Do you want to use something proprietary? Do you want to use something open source? How many platforms does it have to be? Does it have to integrate with a browser? Is it browser-based? Does it live on the web? Is it a standalone database? That's all up to you. Me personally, I've been using KeePass for years. Um, I keep my KeePass on my OneDrive. I sync that database to all of my devices. When I make a change to a password, it automatically syncs up with my database on my OneDrive. If I lose my phone, I don't have to worry about it. My database exists on OneDrive. Now, do I keep my password manager secure? Yes. Do I remember other passwords? Yes, and you should too. There are going to be email accounts that you're going to want to know the password for. First of all, your primary email address. You want to make sure that you can remember that password or passphrase. I recommend making the longest passphrase that you can remember. Um, keep in mind, I talked in the first episode about complexity requirements and all of that. Uh, throw it out the window and just create a nice long passphrase. Uh, pick a paragraph from your favorite book that you remembered or a poem that you memorized in high school. Something that you can easily remember. And the length is going to matter more than anything else. The length and who you tell about it or where you write it down. That's the key. You also want to be able to remember your recovery account. If you happen to forget that primary email address or one of your other email addresses, you want to make sure that you can get into the recovery account so that you can get whatever confirmation method is coming in to remember what that is. Your banks. You probably want to be able to remember your banking information so that you can log in. And depending upon what you do, there might be other sites that you want to remember those passwords. Aside from those, everything else, you should have a different password for every single site and they should all be stored in your password manager. So, password manager, two-factor authentication. Look, can all of these be bypassed? Sure. Are some better than others? Yes. Um, which one is best? Yes. Should we start layering our security? Yes. It's all about putting more barriers between us and attacker. It's about being a harder victim than the next person. Again, Evil Steve is going to go for the easiest target. Let's start making ourselves and our family a more difficult target than the next family. That's what we're trying to do. Let's be a more difficult target. Let's be the one that is the hardest to get to. Um, think about being on a battlefield and there's a sniper. Do you want to be the person standing in the open or do you want to be the person who is completely hidden behind a wall? Does that mean you're safe behind the wall? No, no not at all. However, are you safer than the person standing in the open? Yes. Who's the sniper going to go for? The person standing in the open. If you are standing in the open, well, if you're standing there and there's an officer standing next to you, who do you think the sniper's going to take out? The officer. So, again, it's about being 
a more secure target than the next person. All right. Um, I'm assuming that at some point somebody's going to have some feedback, some questions, maybe some comments that they want to bring up, and I will happily address those. Keep in mind, uh, my goal here is just kind of starting out with simple things that we can do to make ourselves more secure. Uh, we're never going to get too secure. Just accept that fact. It's going to happen. Uh, sooner or later, something bad is going to happen. What I'm hoping to do is help you prepare for that eventuality um, and hopefully postpone it as long as possible. So again, um, two-factor authentication, set up a password manager, start using it, and um, go to haveibeenpwned.com and check and see what passwords have been breached and definitely change those and anywhere else that you use that username and password combination. Uh, if you know of any other resources that you would like to share with other people in the community, pass them on to me. I'll be more than happy to share that with the community. Uh, give me some feedback. Do you like what I'm doing here or um, am I wasting my time? Or am I wasting your time? I'm hoping that you all are getting something out of this. Um, I do have 20 years plus worth of experience that I like to share with people. Uh, a lot of what I say might be old hat. You might be sitting here saying, okay, I know this, I know this, I know this. Then again, maybe it's something brand new and you're like, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Let me know. I'd love to hear. Am I going to get into more advanced stuff as we go down the road? Yes. Yes, I will. If there are certain security things that you would like me to talk about, send them to me. I will gladly talk about them if they are in my wheelhouse. Um, there are plenty of topics out there that I am not the expert on or that I don't know enough to talk about. If that's the case, I will honestly tell you that's outside my wheelhouse. But if it's something that I can definitely talk to, then I'll be more than happy to address that particular topic for you. So until next time, have a great week and remember, quit clicking shit. for listening to another episode of the No Shit InfoSec podcast. I encourage you to leave feedback so that we can make ourselves better. You can reach us at noshitinfosec at gmail.com. You can also find us on all the popular socials looking for No Shit InfoSec, including Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. We can be found on Anchor FM, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please like and review so that other people can find the podcast. And again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and may you take what you learned and make yourself and your family safer on the internet, and may Evil Steve catch a digital STD.